when I was younger, so much younger than today. I never needed anybody's help in any way. But now these days are gone, I'm not so self-assured. Now I find I've changed my mind and opened up the doors. Hi, I'm Winston. Misery loves company, goes the old saying. And for someone who's felt largely alone in his struggles for the longest time, it's been comforting to know that even some of the movers and shakers in the startup scene face similar issues. Hopefully that fact isn't lost on you listeners as well. You're not alone, none of us are. But I'm not here to merely wallow in a warm sadness puddle. I want to understand myself better and to get better. And if there's one thing I've learned from Theodoric, Sabrina, and Zelia, is that we all need a little bit of help. Welcome back to Vibe Check, mental health in the startup world, a tech initial podcast where I talk to startup leaders and mental health experts to see what I can learn from them when it comes to managing my mental well-being. I think we've established by this point the importance of therapy. Just having someone to bounce thoughts and ideas off of can be a great help in untangling the knots in one's head. However, it is not cheap. In Singapore, sessions can go for over $100 a pop. Of course, there are subsidized and free options, but the wait lists for those tend to be prohibitively long. So let's approach this from a different angle. In Singapore, people spend an average of 44 hours per week working. That's about a quarter of our adult lives spent at work. For better or worse, our jobs significantly influence our identity and sense of self. And of course, have an impact on our mental well-being. Maybe employers can help their employees better manage their mental health? That's what led me to talk to a HR lead at Grab. Definitely. Just the word mental health has become a a language that we can even bring up in the workplace, Mm. right? Before COVID, I think, you know, mental health, mental well-being was something that somebody took care of on their own time. And Mm. it's like a personal responsibility, right? At work, it's just all about being productive, efficient, delivering results, right? And I think when COVID hit, we quickly realized that, hey, you know, this, this, global situation. I mean, it very quickly became a global situation, but it really had an impact on people's behaviours. I managed to get in touch with Joyce Lim, Head of People Business Partners at Grab for the Grab Financial Group for this episode. Besides her HR expertise, she's actually also a trained counsellor. The reason why it was meaningful is because in HR, sometimes we are seen to be on the side of the employer rather than on the side of the individual, right? Right. The employee. And so I've always felt like... uh, I've never, like, I don't get that credibility in HR that I'm really trying to impact or improve or help. So I definitely saw that huge connection um, between my work in HR as well as counselling. Um, however, in counselling, we there is also a lot about ethics and confidentiality. Um, so I've been very conscious in my role as a HR professional not to try and be a counsellor. Right. I have to be quite um, conscious to wear different hats. Yes. Another thing I think my journey with VibeCheck has surfaced and solidified is how we can't really neatly divide ourselves into different personas, like one for work and one for home. How we think and feel affects our actions and reactions across all contexts. 
So with work taking up so much of our time and energy, are companies more cognizant of this fact? At the workplace, it became very apparent that yeah, people's well-being do matter mm. and it ultimately has a very close relation and a close impact on how they perform at work. Yeah, yep. And so um, I think that became more clear and also to say that, oh, it is not just the individual's responsibility. There's, um, because of all the time that people spend at work, there's actually a lot that we can do um, as employers, mm. right? And com- a lot that companies and employees can do to support the well-being of um, employees. If we take a step back pre-COVID, yep. we already see companies paying attention to employees like physical health, yep. right? Um investing into flexible benefits that allows people to have gym passes. So we know that physical health is important. Um, but I think that's when we also, with, with COVID, we started to realise that, hey, emotional well-being, mental health is also uh, uh, another factor in a person's holistic health. This tracks with the great resignation, which we touched on in episode one. Employees are now putting heavy emphasis on getting more than just the paycheck from their employers. I have in my time and tenure at Grab come to see that actually uh, Grabbers look to look at Grab as not just a company that provides like employment or, you know, where they come to work and they get salary at the end of the month. They also see, um, they also see like there's this parent-child relationship, which is very strange. (laughs) Let me try and explain that a bit more, right? The real fact that people do look at an employer as um, a provider of many different things. Uh, I think a job has many different meanings for an individual. It's not just about the income, Mm. right? It also touches on self-esteem, self-worth. It's also about the opportunity to create impact. On a personal level, I can attest to this. At risk of sounding like I'm tooting the company horn, Tech in Asia plays a meaningful role in keeping people informed about the ins and outs of the region's tech scene. And I find deep personal satisfaction in contributing to that with my writing, which coincidentally is something I love doing. The paycheck is essential for practical reasons, but there are many other factors at play. Anyway, back to the big picture. Amid the general rise in awareness and normalization of mental health conversations vis-a-vis the workplace, Joyce has also noticed that there have been nuanced developments in how it's being discussed as well. There's a lot of language, right? We talk a lot about mental health and the evolution of how this uh, the, the language around well-being has evolved. I think counselling is still seen as something that crazy people need. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, you only go for counselling when you have serious issues, right? right? Rather than saying, oh, how can counselling or talking to another person help me become more effective as a person? Mm-hmm. How can it help me to understand myself better and mm-hmm. to be more... Um, uh, to be, uh, to to realize my fullest potential, or to maybe uh change the habits that I have. Yeah, so I think my, I'm still trying to wrap my head around making it something that is um attractive mm. rather than like uh here's a bandaid, come get one if you need it. Um, and it was like busy executives do this all the time. You should too, <laughs> right? Like take time out to you know be mindful gain that clarity of mind but I think we've just become so much more aware that hey we are not our heart and minds are not separate mm. right in fact in the Chinese in the Chinese language sing stands for mind yep. and heart yeah exactly yeah and, and so I think mindfulness has taken on a um, uh, another life to say it's a habit that can help you gain um, better integration between um, a person's thoughts, uh, emotions, and also actions, right? So that we are more consistent 
right? Um, and not just, yeah, um, not, not disconnected. Because I think that modern society now with all its distractions yeah. of consumerism, capitalism, has made us very disconnected, not just from one another, but from ourselves as well. Of course, this disconnect was put into the spotlight with COVID-19. Lockdowns and social distancing measures forced people to reckon with challenges they had never even considered before. I was curious about how a tech giant like Grab helped its people to adjust. So Grab itself, like how would you feel it has evolved in terms of providing uh, better or more holistic wellness uh, programs or sources of assistance to employees over the past couple of years? Of course, the triggering event being COVID-19. We set up a microsite. Um, uh, organized around how to stay sane, how to stay well, and how to stay connected, right, with your teams. And so these micro sites were both uh, very resource-rich uh, sites that help parents, help people managers, and also help uh, grabbers understand what they, you know, how, how they could keep up their productivity, how they could have a set a certain routine, or even set up like a um, functional and ergonomical home office, right, to enable them to be able to work from home. There was a segment focus on um, managers, how to keep your team connected, how to stay connected to your team mm. working virtually. Mm. So I think our, our um, resources on managing teams and managing people has always been uh, very comprehensive. And so we, I think we went from this whole like organization, dissemination of information to keeping communication channels open um, to saying, hey, let's really take care of uh, the emotional well-being because we started to see all the stresses, right? So many stresses in place. This was essentially first aid for mental health. Once that was in place, the organization deepened its approach. So um, initially at the first phase, it was all around ensuring that they are uh, able to respond to the stresses of the crisis and then are in a you know emotionally good state for them to continue functioning you know in all their different multiple roles right um but i also think that we have now pivoted from uh, just taking care of emotional well-being to then looking at psychological flexibility how do you keep yourself um open and uh, open to changes, open to uncertainty and not let it make you feel tired, burnout, out mm. and fatigue, right? And so I think the next stage of um, programs and interventions were around psychological flexibility, right? Mm. To um, understanding, like what we said, understanding the connection between your thoughts, emotions and behaviours and being able to try out and experiment different ways of staying sane and staying well, right? Um, of course, we also realize that there are certain things that are more helpful. So music is a great, um, I guess, very therapeutic. Yes. So we also started like a grab radio huh. station. Okay. <laughs> and we um, enabled grabbers to like dedicate songs to uh. one another. Uh, and we actually had, uh, yeah, I mean, our internal talents, right? Employees were also very talented to host this whole radio program every week and um, engage everybody from all over. Um, and it was also a way of showing gratitude because again, gratitude is another way of which you can build resiliency, right? Rather than look at what you don't have, you know, when you practice gratitude and you focus on the little things that you have and um, are able to be content and be grateful, that also helps to, you know, boost a person's positive well-being. As someone who, no exaggeration, needs music to sustain a sort of rhythm in my brain that helps me work optimally, this struck a chord with me. Pun intended. That plus the shared experience of it all makes it stand out as a novel idea. Um, we've also started to innovate in which we could bring people together. Of course, everybody in their individual teams, right, uh, in their sub-teams, led by their managers may have uh, certain engagements, but they 
may not have been able to each other's support system just because, you know, everyone has different walks. We come from different walks of life. Mm. You know, if I'm a parent and I have issues with my child, it, it may not relate so well to a fellow team member who is single, missing family, who's in another part of the world. Um, and so we form these things called empathy circles um, around certain themes. And these empathy circles were uh, really open to grabbers who wanted to participate. And in these empathy circles, they were just able to talk about a particular issue and more importantly, realize that, oh, I'm not alone. Joyce says that there's no obligation for grab staff to take part in these things. The company makes the resources available and individuals can decide for themselves if they'd like to participate. Trust. I think it's a combination of trusting that people know best what they need at a certain point in time, like what learning resources uh, or what help they need, right? And then letting them make the decision as to whether they needed this extra um, support. Mm. People spend so much time at work and very little time maybe outside of work. And when they're able to bring up issues um, that they are facing or not facing, right? I think it just creates a very safe space. So I think that preventive measure may be about making the workplace a more safe place or safe space for um, individuals to share what they're going through. Grabber love is also something that uh, the head of people, Chinin, talks about to say, how can we, you know, um, increase grabber love? Not by way of like romantic love, <laughs> but really by way of like universal love. How do we show love and concern and care, like genuine care um, uh, for one another rather than just saying that, okay, you know, uh, like what you say, prescriptive, right? Come for this program, all your, program, all your problems will be solved. I think we're not so idealistic. In a move that mirrors the immense struggles that healthcare workers were facing at the height of the pandemic, Grab also realized that it was important to extend care to its own caregivers. I think that's where my boss and me, we realized, actually, we really need to enable managers to make the right decisions for the business and for the individuals, but also need to be able to help HR people, right? People in the <laughs> helping profession kind of realize or have boundaries. Yeah, because I think when we talk about serving and helping others uh, in the counseling profession as well, it's very important to have a certain boundary and realize to a certain extent, there is not much that a person can do. Yeah, so, so one follow action from that is that we put in place a psychological first aid course mm. for people in the HR team. Because H the HR people are also feeling very, very burnout. Of course, right? yes. And also carrying a huge amount of responsibility and a lot of, I don't know, uh, guilt. <laughs> And not being able to resolve all problems, not being able to address or accede to all requests. Amidst these initiatives, Joyce also saw an opportunity to help her fellow employees out with her counselling skills. This was pretty unique because most companies outsource this help via their employee assistance programs, aka EAPs. But of course, most companies don't have a qualified counsellor on their payroll. I spoke to uh, our head of people and she was really supportive of the idea. And that's where I started to offer um, myself as a counsellor, offering my counselling services to grab us through our internal portal. I had no expectations, um, didn't know how it would turn out, but uh, surprisingly, I actually had a lot of people who signed up. And their reasons for counselling range from, I don't know what counselling is, I just want to try it out, to like, I have been really... Uh, dealing with a difficult situation and I think I need some external or someone else to talk to and some some help. The issues that I see as a counsellor to fellow grabbers range from adjustment issues, whether it's adjusting to 
working environment, uh, the changes in that, or even adjusting to you know um, joining a, a, joining a company for the first time and not seeing any one yeah. of your colleagues in person, and you know after six months still being very disconnected, not being able to meet up with uh, people at work. So um, it ranged from adjustment issues to even personal effectiveness because of past trauma. So um, I also had people come to me and say that they found that they were unable to concentrate at work, unable to sleep, and yeah, I was able also to help that person work through the trauma of yeah, some of some of these unpleasant or difficult personal situations. Joyce thinks that providing this resource internally makes a big difference. A lot of times when we refer to external vendors, for example EAP, they may not always know the stress of working in a startup. <laughs> so I think there is the cultural dynamics of whether or not an employee is able to relate to a, a professional right from a altogether different environment and setting mm. and so i've in my own counseling experience i've seen the benefit that where i am also an employee i realize or understand and can relate to the stresses that a person faces right um and be able to provide um, a listening ear or even um, practical tips in which they can um, think through a certain situation ultimately Joyce sees the next step in the mental health conversation lying in the connections that she's brought up at length. Connections with others and with ourselves. Maybe getting a bit ahead of myself here, but where do you see this uh, evolution going? What's, what, do you, what do you think is next? Like after becoming a, a, a you know, mindful, more efficient self, and then now we are connecting thoughts and feelings. What do you think is the next step in that? I think the next step is really about forming better relationships, right? Mm. Because the advancement of technology has also meant that we've become more isolated, yeah. right? More yeah. cut off, uh, you know, so many. I still remember at a point in time, I think it was 2009, um, I was just having a, you know, a meet up with my friends, my very, very close friends. And after dinner, we were all sitting in front of dinner, glued to the TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's 2009, mm-hmm. right? These days, um, you know, the, the same setting, but everybody will be glued to their mobile phones, phones, right? Yeah. So so unless there's food on the table, <laughs> right, or an uh, activity that we're actually actively doing, many people are just glued to their phones. And so I think this um, insight into how our thoughts impact our feelings, impact our behavior, um, and gives us clarity to building, um, being a more present person. I think it will, the, the, the next step is really then to ask for me stronger relationships um, to aid connection with, um, with individuals. Oddly enough, that was a relatively somber note to end on for me. As someone who's had his fair share of friendship drama over the years, thinking about connecting with others brings a bittersweet ache. Still, that doesn't make it any less true. And as cynical as I can be, hope does indeed spring eternal. Anyway, it's good to see that Grab is leading by example in terms of holistic support for its employees, as it should given its position in the tech space. Other organizations of similar size should follow its lead, while smaller companies that don't have the same amount of resources should still try to put a robust EAP system in place. Like we've touched on several times throughout this series, it's fast becoming a non-negotiable for employees. So at this point of the vibe check journey, I figure there's just one last voice I need to hear from. 
that of mental health professionals. Yeah, don't be afraid to seek help, I'd say. That's a my main message. And, yes. And be yes. also proactive about your health. And That's right. Health yes, and I mean, you know, lifestyle is obviously important. Prevention mm. is better than cure. <laughs> and, yes. uh, you know, obviously take time to be balanced, you know, because mm. obviously we live in a very stressful uh, world and environment. So mm. it's good to... Uh, put a big premium on your well-being, you know, your peace. I mean, if something's robbing your peace, you really should be uh, pretty selfish to try and get it back. <laughs> yeah. In the fifth and final episode, I talked to psychiatrist Dr. Ken Ong and clinical psychologist Dr. Oliver Suenderman to get the medical professional's POV on how things have progressed in the mental health scene and what I, and we, of course, can do to better protect our peace. Vibe check. Mental Health in the Startup World is a podcast by Tech in Asia. Special thanks to Grab's Joyce Liv for speaking with me. We all know about Grab, but if you haven't heard of them, check them out, I guess. This is the penultimate episode of this five-part podcast miniseries. I hope to see you in our finale. My name's Winston, and thank you again for listening.